Another solid season for Kirill Kaprizov, albeit cut a little short due to injury. We will evaluate Kirill's 2022-2023 season on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we dive into Kirill Kaprizov's 2022-2023 season. We'll grade his performance, look at some of the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and what we need from Kaprizov next year and beyond. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and we're starting off our player grades with Kirill the Thrill, getting the uh, getting the easy one out of the way first. And for Kaprizov, it wasn't as see. It's it's interesting because the numbers don't tell as much of a story as last year's team did. But I think Kaprizov's game right up until he got hurt, I think was pretty similar to what we saw last year. Just the team around him really struggled. Uh, which led to a dip, especially in the uh, the realm of assists. Statistically, Kaprizov playing in 67 games this year. He had 40 goals, 35 assists, so 75 total points. His plus-minus dropped to plus four uh, compared to plus 27 last year. Uh, also a career high in penalty minutes with 35, but 32 points on the power play. He had 17 power play goals and 15 power play assists, and uh, saw a career high in time on ice as well with just over 21 minutes per game. Now, with those 15 games that Kaprizov missed, with how he was trending going into that game against the Winnipeg Jets in which he got hurt, there was a likely chance that goal-wise he was going to finish up similar to or slightly above what he did last year, which was uh, 47 goals. So there's a chance he could have outdone that. I know we had talked on this show, the everydayers that listen, we discussed the potential for him to get to 50 goals and then he got hurt. So I might've jinxed it myself, but nonetheless, still similar in terms of production it just was a different type of production because with everybody scoring the uh, the goals last year, uh, so many players having career seasons, he had a lot of opportunities for assists, and those just did not materialize this season um, as much as they uh, as they have in previous years. Now I want to look at the splits too because uh, this is interesting to look at kind of the breakdown. Of, uh, of where things happened. So we start off the season, 
in the month of October, and Kaprizov started started the season with six goals. He had 11 points in October. He had 16 points in November, which included seven goals and nine assists. He had 18 points in December, which included seven goals and 11 assists. He had 14 points in January, which included seven goals, seven assists. He had 10 goals in February and 12 total points, just two assists in February. Then in March, you had in the four games before he got hurt, he had two goals and an assist. And then in two games in April, he did uh, score against the Winnipeg Jets, getting back into the lineup in that final game of the regular season. And so pretty even statistically with the number of goals that he scored, assists just took a dip um, at near the end of the season. But beyond that, goal scoring was pretty consistent for Kaprizov through the course of the season. Now, you get to the postseason, scored in game one of the series on a power play goal, uh, a tip in to uh, to start the scoring in game one and was not on the score sheet beyond that. And Kaprizov in his exit interview was adamant that he wasn't hurt. He just did not have enough time to get himself back up to speed to be as effective um, as he typically is in in that series. It was a noticeable, uh, noticeable loss of production as we all saw against Dallas, the wild, not able to move on. But as we'll talk about later in the episode of just kind of what more do we need to see? I, I get that there are nagging injuries that, um, that come up, but if you're fully healthy and a team is just taking you out of, um, out of play as much as Dallas was. That's that's not ideal uh, by any stretch. Um, just some of the other numbers for Kaprizov as well to uh, to get to before we hand out our grades in the next segment. Uh, a career high in Corsi four percentage for Kaprizov in all situations. It jumped to sixty three percent this year compared to sixty point eight last year, um, and just a lot of metrics in which show that Kaprizov continued to make some strides. Uh, his on-ice goals four per 60 minutes this year dropped to 4.2. It was at 5.2 last year. But on-ice goals against a career low at 2.2 um, goals against per 60 minutes. His goals per 60 minutes, not a career high, but just uh, one-tenth of a percent off at 1.7. His assists down to 1.5 this year per 60 from 2.4 last year. Uh, and points per 60, 3.2 uh, down from 4.2 last year. But again, a lot of that is not necessarily Kaprizov's fault, is still trying to set teammates up for opportunities and just having teammates that are not able to bury those the same way that they were last year. So that is a pretty clear cut way, I think, to explain the uh, the dip in assists. But beyond that, it was just more of, of what we've come to know from Kaprizov, solid play on the ice, uh, the ability to just really make people look foolish out there and to, uh, to score some crazy goals as well. So Kaprizov was able to keep his scoring at a similar rate to uh, where he was at last year. 
didn't obviously get to that point because of injury, but all in all, pretty solid uh, season for Kirill Kaprizov in his third year in the NHL. Now, we'll hand out grades. We'll take a look at some of the good aspects of Kaprizov's season, some of the bad as well. Uh, all of that coming up as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. After this, there is nothing that is as stressful as trying to find tickets for a Twins game or any sporting event the day of the event. You decide you want to go hang out at Target Field with your friends. Getting tickets shouldn't be hard, and so the Game Time app is here to help you with just that. They offer flash deals and last-minute tickets, also easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. One of my favorite parts about the Game Time app is you type in what you're looking for, it will also recommend other events going on based off of where you are. They also show you images of your seats before you purchase them. And Game Time offers a lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we've got more of our player evals coming up for you the rest of the week. We'll talk about the rest of the top line, Matt Zuccarello, Ryan Hartman, Jared Spurgeon, Jake Middleton. We'll get to all of them here before the week is done, and uh, we will continue into next week and beyond as well. So you can tune in for those and make sure to let us know how you think each player should be graded out as well. All that coming up here uh, on Lockdown Wild as we navigate through the offseason. So grade time for Kaprizov. Well, I think if you look at three areas, offense, defense, special teams. And it's interesting because early in the season, those plus minus numbers we're not good for really anybody on the uh, the wild roster. Kaprizov ended the year as a plus four, and I know plus minus is not the end all be all in terms of of statistics. It just it shows you, I think, how much the team struggled early in the season and how much still defense is uh, a work in progress um, for Kaprizov in particular. But one of the things that I have been impressed with over the last couple of seasons is when Kaprizov first came to the NHL, one of the areas that um, was looked at as an area for him to improve was physicality. And you look at where Kaprizov is at now, this past season, especially in the series against Dallas, he is not afraid to mix it up uh, at all, which is something that he has added to his arsenal here uh, as he's gotten more comfortable at the NHL level. So he continues to add a little physicality to his game. In terms of offense, with the number of problems that this team uh, had in terms of scoring, especially in five-on-five, five, um, for the one guy that was able to 
really do it for the entirety of the season. I think you go with an A, you could go maybe A minus in terms of offense, but Kaprizov is the engine that makes this team run. He's the engine that makes them tick. He is the straw that stirs the drink for this team. And so it's it's hard for me to go much lower considering that he was every bit as good as he was last year, just without that supporting cast to uh, to really help him throughout the season. Now, when we get to the postseason and the lack of production there, that's certainly an area in which his grade could drop because we've seen this now for two postseasons in that Peter DeBoer has been able to uh, to slow him down and, and keep him off the score sheet. And whether or not it's entirely Kirill Kaprizov's fault, He's one of your top players. He's your top player at this point. And your top players have to be the ones to lead you through. It's great when you get help. They certainly can't do it themselves, as we saw last year against the St. Louis Blues. But your top players have to be the ones to lead. And so you can knock Kaprizov down in terms of his overall grade for his uh, his postseason performance, I'd probably go somewhere around a C plus for the postseason. But offensively, I'm going to go with an A. Again, stirs the drink. And I'll probably go with a C for defense. But again, some of those underlying metrics with how much Kaprizov has the puck when he's out there on the ice, you're not seeing you're not needing him to do as much defensively. You're not asking. It's not like you're asking him to go lock somebody down. His job is to score. He does that well. So I'm going to go, I'll go a for offense. I will go C plus for the postseason. I'll go C for the postseason. I'll go C plus for defense. And I'm going to go a, for a minus for the power play a minus for the power plays we'll talk about here in a little bit there is there's one aspect of uh of the special teams play that that i'm going to bring him down a little bit for so overall grade i think you probably go with uh an a minus for kaprizov for this season those will be the four categories that we grade on is offense postseason defense special teams uh, so Kaprizov, obviously huge impact on the power play, not asked to do anything on the penalty kill. You've got guys that that's, that's their job. So he doesn't have to, um, so again, a really solid season for Kirill and in terms of good and bad things that we saw from Kirill this year, obviously just continuing to continuing to push this team, continuing to be the the driving force on offense. Um, had, I think it was a 14-game point streak at, at one point this year, which was a franchise record, and it was a career high for Kaprizov. So with other players not scoring, he was able to still get it done himself to keep this team in games that the, the goals just didn't come. So able to consistently spread his performance throughout the year. So that was one of the good things that we saw from Kaprizov. Um, 
I, I just I still point to him continuing to show some physicality. It's not something that he maybe necessarily should have to because of other guys on the team, but we didn't see any help with that in the postseason. So he continues to show off some physicality. He continued to show that elite scoring pace uh, offensively, and he was able to work his way back from what looked like a pretty significant injury uh, to get into the postseason. Now, three negative really wasn't a scoring factor in the postseason. And so that's something that's going to need to be handled. That's something that is going to need to be looked at moving forward. There needs to be a little more help, at least from an offensive standpoint, around him. But you also, as the top dog, you got a lead. So that was one negative from this year. I continue to think that Kaprizov can be way more selfish than he is, uh, especially on the power play. Just as there's there's a lot of passing on that power play, even with the team having success the way they did this year on that top power play unit, there still is just too much passing. So I think that is another thing and another area for growth that Kaprizov can have is just trying to be more selfish and take more shots as opposed to trying to set everybody up for these insane goals. And it's if he sees an opening that other players don't, it's hard to knock a guy for trying to to thread the needle. But you just see the amount of of shots that are not being taken by this team in key areas. And you just you want to see Kaprizov to be the one to take them. So by and large, the biggest thing I think for Kirill is just to continue to do his thing and to maybe do a little more of it. Take half or a third of those opportunities where he passes. Just let that thing fly. Let that puck rip. But I don't really have any doubt that uh, he'll be able to continue to do that um, as his career unfolds. Now, what do we need to see from Kirill? We talked a little bit about it, but we'll expand upon what we need to see from Kaprizov as uh, his career unfolds. We'll take a look at where his contract is at as well. All of that coming up after this here on Locked on Wild. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day of the week. That is AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me. You want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With just one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, you can tune into more of our player evals going on here throughout the next couple of weeks. We will incorporate draft coverage in as well, uh, and we'll try to do uh, some looks at what could be a very limited free agent budget for the Minnesota Wild if they choose to even look in the free agent bin. Uh, Not a lot of money to spend in that department, so it may be that they don't. But let's look at Kaprizov finishing up his uh, season eval. Kaprizov is signed through 2025-2026. Now, this is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, the cap hits for Parisi and Suter drop down to $833,333 that season. So you have Kaprizov at $9 million for one season, and then he is an unrestricted free agent. So you have you have money to throw his way if re-signing him is something that you would like to consider, which I believe that the Wild will definitely consider when it gets to that point. So you have seen in the last two years alone how easy it has been for Kaprizov to rewrite the franchise history books because these guys don't come around all that often, especially for this team. So the money will be there to re-sign Kaprizov if he wants to come back here and if the Wild want to have him back. Beyond that, here are the players that are signed to deals uh, that will still be on the roster. You have Jewel Eriksson-Eck, who will have two years left on his contract after um, after Kaprizov's current deal expires. Freddie Goudreau will be under contract for two more seasons once Kaprizov's deal is done. Matt Boldy will be under contract for two more seasons once Kaprizov's deal is done following the 2025-2026 season. The interesting one is on defense. You have Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon will have one season remaining for 2026-2027 at $6.575 million. Jonas Brodeen will also be under contract for $6 million per year. He has two years left after Kaprizov's deal expires. So you are dealing with, as of right now, a pretty blank canvas in terms of what that team looks like uh, once Parisi and Suter's cap hits go down to strictly the buyouts. So there are a lot of different ways that Bill Guerin can go with this. But as we sit here now and with the cap crunch that'll be going on this season and next season as well, Kind of wonder if both of them make it that far. Uh, Brodeen and Spurgeon, that is. 
Now they do have no movement clauses, so that makes it uh, a little bit more difficult as to how they can be moved. But starting July 1st, 2024, Spurgeon will be able to submit a 10-team no-trade list. So makes you wonder. But looking ahead to kind of where where things go, what we need uh, from Kaprizov, I think it's just more of the same. Just to continue to be that guy to lead this group, especially with the lack of skill players that currently make up this roster. It's going to be a team that relies on his production to be able to win games, to be able to maybe steal a win or two here where they wouldn't normally be able to do it. But the onus is going to be on Bill Guerin to continue to put skill players around Kaprizov to help him out a little bit. It's you can't you can't win with just one guy kind of leading the roster and there are other players that have certainly contributed but for Kirill I think a couple of things come to mind number 1 continue to lead number 2 let's see the next postseason that this team ends up making let's have it look more like the year before this against the blues where he is just doing the thing up and down the ice and is just dominating the, uh, the opponent as opposed to what we saw last this past season and uh, what we saw against the Vegas golden Knights where he's mostly held in check. That's, I think the biggest one is that Kirill has proven that he can be a dynamic regular season scorer you got to be able to do it in the postseason too. And so injured going in, yes. And we that doesn't mean if Kaprizov says that he was 100%, doesn't necessarily mean that he was, but you got to find a way to lead the production there in the postseason as well. Do it in the regular season. Do it better in the postseason. That'd be the biggest thing I think I would look for from Kirill. And the other side of it is just shoot more. Um, shoot more than you, you already do, which is crazy to be saying that about a guy like Kaprizov, but his, um, his shot attempts in 81 games last year were 515. In 67 games this year, he had 498. So he continues to trend. Had he played a full season, he would have greatly outpaced that um, that total shots number. Do it again in 2023-2024. Lead the way, and the uh, rest of the team will follow. So there you have it for today's edition of Lockdown Wilds. Now that you are finished listening to Kirill Kaprizov's player eval, everydayers can tune in tomorrow when we talk about Matt Zuccarello. 
and his 2022-2023 season. Thank you if this was your first time listening to Locked on Wild. Thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you back on tomorrow's episode. If you're an everydayer, thanks for once again tuning in today, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Either way, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any of our new videos and episodes throughout the week. We have new content for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.